Hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Songs That Save Me. I'm your host, Ross James. Hope everybody's staying safe out there and had a good week. Uh, I've got a lot of really fun episodes of the podcast lined up. Uh, today on the show, we've got Anders Beck from Green Sky Bluegrass, Dobro player from that band, and uh, somebody I've gotten to know over the last few years in a variety of different configurations and variety of different countries with a group called IGE that we both um, take part in their annual excursions. You can find out more about that at inogiven.org if you're interested. Um, but yeah, we, uh, we talk a little bit about the songwriting process. Uh, he shares some pretty funny stories from his past and uh, it's, a, it's a really fun discussion. So I hope you enjoy it. Um, if, you're, if you're liking what, what's going in your ears here on this uh, podcast, give us a follow at Songs That Saved Me on Instagram. Like I said, we've got some really fun episodes lined up with Marcus King and Dave Schools and a whole bunch of others. So lots more coming. And um, make sure you leave us a review here in the Apple Podcast Store. And if you want to become a member and, and keep this advertisement free, go on to patreon.com slash songs that save me. Here's my, uh, my chat with Anders Beck. Anders, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Hey Ross, I am doing pretty well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hanging in there, I guess. Yeah. Uh, weird what weird you, times. Yeah, weird times indeed, man. Are you um, are you finding yourself uh, playing a lot right now? Are you listening to a lot of music? Are you taking this time to sort of recharge and and take a break from it all? How are you spending your time? I'm I'm uh, I'm trying I'm I'm playing a lot and trying to create a lot. Um, I don't have a great studio set up right now, but I'm working on kind of building something that I could, so that I can, um, you know, create mm-hmm. album quality music if I need to, or want to. Right. Um, but beyond that, I'm just trying to play a lot. Uh, I've, I'm taking lessons with a, a guy named Kai Eckhart. He's a bass player. Um, awesome. and it's, um uh, i'm working on teaching lessons too <laughs> so yeah. teaching and taking lessons both which i think is cool yeah um but just trying to you know i felt i felt kind of in a rut a little bit towards mm. i guess last time we were all playing music uh mm-hmm. you know the and not not in a bad way just you know comfortable and settling into the way i play music um and so i'm, I'm trying to use this as a forced opportunity to spend some time and really sit down and play dobro and um, try and get get into different habits and patterns and and focus on different musical worlds. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I think that's that's admirable. That's what we all should be doing during this time, trying to better ourselves with this this like unusual moment of having the the available time at home to expand like that. So that's yeah. awesome. There's a weird silver lining that you got to try and find, you know. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> I'd, rather, I'd rather be I'd rather be playing music in front of lots of people and with my buddies, <laughs> but if I got to do it alone, try and make it as best as I can for myself. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, I'm hoping that there's going to be a lot of good uh good records and good art that comes out of this whole thing, just people writing and creating. Yeah, I, I would I would expect that that's the case. It's so it's interesting because it's so fresh right now, you know, like the subject matter of 
Mm-hmm. You know, thinking about lyricists and things like that, and the, the songs that will eventually come out of this are going to be un- totally unique to anything that's ever happened in our lifetimes. Or yeah, you know. I mean, it's almost overwhelming to think about at, at this point. Like I was talking with a couple other musicians. I was talking to Chris Pandolfi mm-hmm. uh, a couple days ago, and I mean, he was talking, you know, how he thought everybody was going to sit down and you know write their write their masterpiece or whatever. But it's it's like it's so jarring in this moment. You know, it, it's it takes a minute to process it. I think you know. Yeah, totally. And then you realize your masterpiece was a little harder to write than you thought. <laughs> ain't, ain't that the truth? <laughs> um, well, man, it's good to talk to you. I'm 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 glad you're uh, you're joining me today, and I'd love to hear your perspective on this this idea. Um, what was uh, what was one of the first songs that you know you thought of when you thought of this concept? <laughs> well, first of all, my perspective on your idea is that this is really hard, man. <laughs> <laughs> You could have picked some, you could have picked the easier podcast for, for <laughs> to call people, um, <laughs> but uh, you know I'm kind of I tried to look at first I was like man what are the three most important songs in the world to me and that's ridiculous and I gave up on that immediately but I tried for you know uh, but so then I started thinking about it, I was like what what are songs that really had some sort of strange you know strange influence on me and so the first song I initially came up with and tried to push out of my mind over and over again <laughs> was uh is, is uh is bad out of hell by meatloaf yeah. <laughs> awesome <laughs> uh, yeah maybe it's so this song um i i don't know how familiar everyone is with it or should be they should uh, be they all should they, should, be. they should i think you know they should be i'll take that back and i'm yeah. it was made in like i think it was made in 1975 or something and uh and it's this opera. The album is called Bad Out of Hell, and the song, the first song, is Bad Out of Hell. And uh, and um, man, it is this operatic masterpiece or something. Uh, <laughs> it's like I sort. I feel like I don't know. I've done some reading about it recently, and that and that it's like kind of closely tied or sort of tied. Like Todd Rundgren produced it, and he. And he sort of saw it as a little bit of a spoof to Born to Run, which when I, which kind of made to, to Springsteen's Born to Run. Oh, wow. I never heard that. Yeah. Uh, but apparently Meatloaf and Steinman weren't in on it. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> um, but it's, and then when I listen to it again, it sounds so much like it. And it actually has found that it has, um, it has uh, Max Weinberg on it. And no way. And also, uh, who's who's the who's the keyboard player back then for Bruce? I forget. Uh, no, I don't know. I know anyway. Max. That's anyway, it's got I some of the know. same guys, but so the comparison is actually kind of interesting and real. But uh, the reason I picked this song is my uh, my dad. Uh, I remember he like going to his little his like little study office type room, and I remember that I remember this this tape sitting there, and the cover of it looks like. Uh, it doesn't look like my dad kind of <laughs> listening. Okay. It's like got devils and motorcycles and skeletons and like, not in like a flowery grateful dead way. It's in like, it's kind of metal. Yeah. It's like, we're coming for your daughters kind of look. You know? <laughs> uh, and, <clears throat> and I remember seeing that and like, 
and for some reason he he just loved this album and I remember we were driving somewhere and he and uh, one of my brother's friends was in the car with us and and my dad was like let's I'll put on some music and we're I forget where we were driving but um and my dad put on you know pushed in the tape player like classic pushing the tape moment you know <laughs> and that and bad out of hell came on and my my brother's friend looked at me like what in the hell like it was, it was so not my dad which is what I loved about it so much and but but also was right you know I I didn't know everything about my dad and I think that's kind of what was interesting for me mm -hmm. um and it was really it was really kind of something about it just like stuck with me as this operatic piece of music that was just like over the top and like meant to be over the top and uh I don't know it's there's something about it my my um my parents got have a lot of in hindsight have a lot of influence on my musical tastes um mm -hmm. beyond just like letting me go see music uh they you know they listen to the beatles they they went to woodstock and apparently yeah. didn't do drugs i still don't believe them <laughs> they've been together that long like they they were went to woodstock together yeah totally oh rad cool yeah uh, <laughs> and yeah totally cool i mean um and they're you know it's 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 amazing they have this they've got this great story um the uh, they were both professional tennis players back in the day a long time ago <laughs> and um and uh one of their friends was this guy named Torben Ulrich and he was turned out he eventually turned out to be Lars Ulrich's dad the drummer from Metallica <laughs> the guy um, who took down Napster yeah that guy <laughs> yeah maybe you've heard of him right uh <laughs> But Turbin was also this, his dad was also a professional tennis player from Norway, I think. And he would come on, he was, but he was also a disc jockey, you know, a radio DJ. Uh -huh. um, and so he would come over to the States for tennis tournaments and he would bring records that hadn't come out yet and bring them over to my parents' house. And so he would stay at our house. And this is before I was born, at least this story. And he, he brought over <laughs> one time he brought over this copy and brought over a copy of Sergeant Peppers the night before it came out and, you know, dimmed all the lights, put out a bunch of candles and made my parents listen to Sergeant Peppers the night before it came out. And they actually, you know, no, back, that was back in the day when nobody got to hear things before they came out. Can you and imagine? Was so like, privileged because they had this Norwegian copy from a, from a, from a DJ, you know, <laughs> <laughs> things like that where <laughs> it was just cool stuff. And so they, they really impressed upon me a lot of good music. Um, yeah and also mediocre music like bad out of hell yeah i mean there's a there's a place for that though i mean i love anything for love by meatloaf i'll say it i'll shout it from the rooftops i love that song anything yeah. for love <laughs> yeah i love that tune yeah totally you know what uh, it's about no tell me tell me what it's about are you serious you don't know no, what it's I about i want to know i want to hear it from you okay there's confirmation that um Meatloaf has said in an interview. Oh, really? Yeah. That uh, it's about um. Uh, what's the best way to say this on a on a uh, <laughs> probably not earmuffs, everybody. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, it's about butt stuff. <laughs> I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. And that's been that's been confirmed in an interview. I believe I'll that be it has been, and uh. <laughs> I, <laughs> 
I'm, I'm like I'm like 95% sure that he said he admitted in an interview that yeah that's what it's about. Interesting. I wonder if he's just so, fucking with people or if that's really I mean no if you think if you listen to the song again it's I don't of, think I'm going to. I don't think I'm going to. I think you've ruined never it. Never again. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, like Paradise by the Dashboard Lights. That's uh, yeah, a, right. That song yeah. is amazing. It's uh, incredible. He was the first person to write a song, you know, you know the little sticker that, that was on every single uh rear view mirror in every car objects in the rear view mirror may appear closer than they are mm-hmm. nobody put that into a song except for meatloaf <laughs> as far as i know the lyric waiting to freaking happen it's been in front of everybody's face forever you know yeah yeah true good point. anyway <laughs> so meatloaf. so when i mean what is what happens to you when you hear that tune now or you hear that record now does it does it take you back to like that good moment you think about your parents like what does it, does it, does it, it yeah, that's a good question it makes me it does it puts me in a certain you know it doesn't i'm not gonna say it puts me back there in in the car with my sure, dad yeah, yeah, i yeah. wish it did but it sort of just makes me laugh more than more than anything else you know mm-hmm. um because it's sort of a window into this time when uh you know it certainly takes me back to like the house i grew up in which i think is really cool yeah um and more than that it's just i just sort of listen to it and now with my as my my musical ears and brain has grown since i was <laughs> 14 or whatever you know <laughs> uh i listen to it i'm like this is amazing and also like this is ridiculous and i think that that's <laughs> that's the beauty of it i mean it really is like if if like I, there's something there's something like broadway about it that i in most music I have no interest in mm-hmm. hearing, but somehow there I do. It's like, I mean, I was thinking about it and I, when I was saying how it's a lot like Born to Run, I mean, I, I wish I had just picked Born to Run because talk about an amazing album, amazing song, <laughs> right? Uh, but but that wouldn't have been, that wouldn't have been the real truth, you know? Yeah, right, right. Like, if, if like Born to Run, if Born to Run is a great, if that album's like a great movie, Bad Out of Hell is like, um, it's like a, it's like a Broadway show, you know? Yeah. Totally different, different world. I mean, but, and also something that could only be made at that time. I feel like, you know, like you could never make that record now. (laughs) He tried. (laughs) There's bad out of hell too. He tried, he kept trying over and over. (laughs) There's actually bad out of hell too. Back into hell. (laughs) Is that what it's called? Back into hell. Yeah. Amazing. It was made, I think, in like the early '90s. You ever heard that one? No, I'll check it out though. Sounds cool. It's, it's there's a couple of gems. I mean, at the start, you're like, "Oh my god, he's gonna do it!" Because it starts <laughs> off with motorcycles revving and you know everything, and it's like, "Oh my god, what if he?" Did? And I remember my dad bought that one too on tape, <laughs> and it didn't didn't get, get didn't get as much airplay. Yeah, no. I believe it. Well, I, I dig that, man. That's great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how about uh, how about another tune? What's next in uh, in your life? Well, the second the second song I, I, I figured I'd pick, and I've, I've literally I've got ten songs that I would choose from in general. Yeah. I'm just sort yeah. of picking three randomly right now because I couldn't decide. Um, <laughs> um, the this the song I think that had a really big influence on me another time is a little later in my life. Well, not that much later, honestly, but. Um, be, uh, the song "Divided Sky" by Fish. I know it's not your uh, favorite band in the world over the years, <laughs> but um, 
this particular song, Fish. Well, I, so I started. Divided Sky is a is a opus of a masterpiece, or a masterpiece of an opus, I suppose. <laughs> um, but um, I started getting into the Grateful Dead at like or pretty early age, like when it was like the real band with uh, this guy named Jerry Garcia, which which uh, you know people have probably heard of. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, did you, get to, did you see the dead? Yeah. Yeah. 33 times. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. And all before I was like, what, 17 or something, you know? Holy cow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My parents would let me go. Another thing, you know, my parents would let me go to, I grew up outside of Philadelphia and my parents would let me go to uh, shows at the spectrum three nights in a row on school nights. Hmm. You know, like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and were you, they could tell you were passionate about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was just, yeah, yeah. And they weren't, it. they weren't, they weren't dumb. They weren't stupid. You know, they, they right? They, they were like they. I and I also convinced them. I was like, it's about the music. Any, I, I convinced them that any of those shows could be the one. You know, hmm. and like something could happen. And I and and I was playing guitar at the time, and they knew it was about the music for me. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. And so they let me do that. And to this day, I thank them for that and also tell them they're crazy. Uh, <laughs> but, and you know, one of those times I was right. You know, I saw the first time they ever played Unbroken Chain. <laughs> I was wow. in the building. Hmm. Uh, and it was like everything I had convinced, every reason I had said to my parents why they should let me go to every possible show <laughs> was like correct at that point i was right (laughs) validated by phil yeah Yeah. um and so then and eventually i started seeing fish a lot as well and um and those you know those two bands to a lot of people had a lot of juxtaposition but to me it was sort of the it was about music and you know it was really different musically but it was it was so much about music the improvisational nature was what was important to me Mm -hmm. um and i got started getting into fish and still listening to a lot of Grateful Dead, it wasn't like a one or the other thing, like it was for a lot of people. Um, and I started seeing uh, a lot of fish shows and I eventually went on, I mean, literally we'll, we'll go on, get in, the, get in the car and go on fish tour. And I saw like, I mean, I saw probably every show in 1996, most shows in 1997, <laughs> you know, like, wow. I mean, they were my band. Yeah. Because the Grateful Dead, you know stopped mm-hmm. and and it, it wasn't i don't think I, i'm not sure i would have followed the grateful dead around like that i also didn't need to because i lived on the east coast um because mm-hmm. they came all the time um and so yeah fish was an incredibly huge musical influence on me uh and this song divided sky is like it's mostly instrumental with a few silly lyrics just in one little section and the rest is a highly composed instrumental song um, with lots of different melodies and motifs and it's there's parts that are delicate and beautiful like I mean and just the quietest delicate moments and there's mm-hmm. parts that are shreddy uh, guitar notes that you know it's, it's just a it's a really powerful powerful mm-hmm. song and it, and it it really uh, accentuates what music can be for me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's got all the all the different <laughs> all the different ideas. You know, it can be like there's a big impro- improvisational section where Trey is shredding. There's composed pretty parts. There's a all sorts of different themes. There's people playing together incredibly well. I mean, it's 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 beyond beyond just loving fish. It's like loving music to me. <laughs> That's mm. um, and there's there's things that just remind me of so many moments in my life where I'm in some stadium or small arena or small theater or amphitheater or whatever it was where there's like certain notes where there's just one note where, where Trey will hit this note and just hangs for a long time. And that's one of the things I've always loved about Trey's playing is like the control of a guitar where it can just be like, and like, that's, <laughs> that's just the start. And just that note can just hang and like the conviction of a, of a single note. That's, that's really cool stuff to me. Mm-hmm. Now, were you, were you playing in a band at the time? when you were seeing a lot of fish shows or were you just, um, I, I, um, I was in a band in high school and mm-hmm. a, a, I mean, it, it was a garage band in a basement. Yeah. Totally. Basement band, I suppose. Yeah. Oh <laughs> um, yeah. And we would, it was, it was, um, it was just me and my buddies and, you know, it was, I, it was made up of, you know, it was a, it was a four, it was a, four piece drums guitar no two guitars drums and bass mm-hmm. um and played all grateful dead and fish songs <laughs> and maybe two original songs and um i have found a tape recently of that oh, band sick. Awesome. And, I, and i have yet to listen to it because i'm so afraid like what well, if i have not what if, gotten, what if i haven't gotten any better <laughs> I mean, back then, did you know, did you know what you were going to do? Did you know you were going to go on the, on, uh, did you know you were on the path that you're, that you were on, I guess? Oh God. When did, when did you know that? (laughs) I mean, I always, I always sort of hoped it, man. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like I wanted to be a rock star when I grew up. (laughs) That's what it was about. I wanted to get get laid, you know, I mean. (laughs) I thought music was the easiest way. Look at me. I'm not that. I don't, you know, uh, but no, I, music was, I mean, yeah, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to play yeah. music. Uh, and there, you know, there's lots of different reasons. Uh, I, I never, I mean, for me, I've never considered myself to be like, uh, what's the best way to put this? I hang out. I hang out with a lot of really good musicians <laughs> that have worked their butts off to hone this craft of like complete and utter mastery of instruments. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I, I I always find that incredibly intimidating because <laughs> um, mm. I I mean I I I practice a lot. I work at it a lot. But for me, it's about sounding like myself um, and really trying to find my own sonic place in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and that's sort of what I've always liked about music is trying to contribute my own thing somehow. Yeah. 
And so in thing that I wanted to be a musician or <laughs> rock star, you know, whatever you want to call it. Musician is probably the better term, right? Uh, <laughs> um, I've always sort of thought the, the reason was because I wanted to contribute something that was unique and different. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, you know, I, I know, I feel like we've talked about this before where, you know, <laughs> You, you you're you're good at not sounding like every other electric guitar player <laughs> ever played a certain yeah genre. yeah i mean a lot of what you're saying resonates with me you know like um i mean i think of some of my favorite players and some of my favorite music it's 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 less about technical perfection uh, on an instrument and i love that kind of stuff i have tons of music like that that i listen to for inspiration but it's not in this moment it's not how I feel. It's not what I feel I'm here to do right now, I guess yeah. is what I'm saying, you know? And it sounds like what you're saying. Yeah, totally, man. And that's, I, I hear you and I agree with you. It's like, like yeah, I think we both, like like you said, I think we both re- respect the hell out of that, right? Oh my God, yeah. But, but yeah. Uh, that's not necessarily, you know, at this moment, what I'm for, you know? Yeah. I'm here to bring, I'm here to bring the dirt. And, yeah, uh, you know? and be real and authentic and, and yourself. And Yeah, and I have a lot of, I don't know. I have that. It freaks me out sometimes too, you know, like, cause it was in the bluegrass world. It's like so much of it is about this technical proficiency kind of thing. And, and like, we have this festival down in Mexico. It's called strings and soul. And uh, so it's green sky and then string dusters and leftover salmon and railroad earth and mm-hmm. uh, yonder and <laughs> Every bluegrass, every bluegrass musician, <laughs> literally, it feels like in the fucking world. <laughs> uh, and so you're playing on the stage, and it's on a beach, and it's fun. And there's these fans that flew all all over the country from everywhere to be there at this right. resort. And I look out and I see like five of my friends that are like you know some or like five or ten of my best friends that are some of the best musicians that I know watching and i'm like oh god no you know, like and it's like I've, I've felt solos just fall apart in the middle of me you know like a jam that i'm playing just like i think i'm doing something cool and i'll see then i'll see my friend travis and be like up oh, not doing anything cool anymore <laughs> just like the fear of not being i don't know it's it's a really weird thing yeah i think it's easy to get inside your head i mean because what what you're talking about wanting to achieve you know it, it it can't like with if you practice enough and you're technically proficient enough sometimes it's easier to i don't want to say fake it but it's easier to pull it off when yeah. you're when you're not a hundred percent there and with what you're trying to do it has to be all in right yeah there's nothing like you have to be fully committed to it. Like you're talking about with Trey and, and, and holding just that one note. It's that same thing. Like, yeah, it's gotta be all in. Yeah. And that's, I mean, and with green sky, you know, we, we do, we try and do a lot of like deep improvising every night where it's like, everybody's following someone off the edge of a cliff, you know, or like, mm-hmm. um, and that's what I like about our band. And that's what I think a lot of people like about our band. It's real improvisational music, you know, mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, in, in order to really do that, there can't, can't be a lot of fear, <laughs> you know? Exactly. Um, yeah. And, and so I, um, 
I'm not afraid to, I'm not afraid to sort of feel like a, sometimes when I, when I get, when I get in my head a little too much, I'm not afraid to sort of accept or consider or enjoy the fact that I'm an entertainer as much as I'm a musician, hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like the phrase professional musician is a little scary sometimes, right? <laughs> you know, like, especially right now. Oh yeah. They, yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm more like a dishwasher from a girlfriend, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, um, but you know, I'm not afraid of the word entertainer, you know, uh, yeah, because hmm. what we're doing is supposed to make people happy and, and and be fun, and um, you know, it's yeah, there's a balance to 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 put it clearly. I sure, think. yeah, I mean, I think it depends, and I mean even within one night, there's a balance, you know, that you could cover a lot of ground in one night. Yeah. Um, to bring it back to this, this fish tune, do you still go back to this song as sort of an inspiration of what, I mean, you, you, you called it everything that music can be kind of right. Yeah. So do you still, when you hear it, does it still do that for you? Do you, do you go to it when you're searching for uh, that? Yeah. I don't, I don't think I, I think, well, yeah, uh, I, I certainly, I do. I'll go back to that and listen to it, you know, mm-hmm. and I'll put on old versions. And I think that, uh, you know, for me, fish, you know, the time when I was chasing that band around the country, mm-hmm. you know, which would be like 93 through 98 or something. Um, they, they, I think they were the best band in the world at that time. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'll go see them still, but it's not a big, you know, it's not, I'm not going out of my way to do it, Mm -hmm. but uh, there's something young and hungry and amazing during those years. And so I will absolutely put that song on, uh, but it will not be from, you know, modern era Uh fish, not, not for any negative reason, only because I think that there's a certain uh, thing that really resonates with me from that band in that certain era for sure Um, i think you know it's just different but i certainly go back to it and and it 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 makes me feel uh certain emotions for sure you know Mm -hmm. and um yeah it's uh it's it's interesting how music can do that to you it's really cool yeah yeah and how i didn't think about a lot of different songs for this you know it's like (laughs) i could have said bad out of hell or i could have said James Taylor, something in the way she moves, you know, like it could have been anything, right? It could have yeah. been, uh, and it could have been something fish and it could have been something Grateful Dead. It could have been any number of things. And all these songs just transport you to a place and mm-hmm. uh, time. It's really cool. Yeah. And they grow with you too. That's one of my favorite things about these songs that when you, when you think about tunes throughout your life, stuff that, you yeah. listen to as a kid and and it just sort of evolves with you sometimes you know i, I always get i always love yeah that. dude i i uh i say that i talk about that a fair amount because i mean you know i've got some great songwriters in my band and mm-hmm. um like uh some of paul's paul's and dave songs um but uh there's a couple paul songs that have um really changed i mean this this how about this the songs didn't change at all right but every time my life changed 
and I'd be on stage playing a particular song. Um, you know, and we're talking big changes like relationship stuff or deaths or, you know, mm -hmm. stuff, real big things. Those songs meant different things to me. Yeah. And it's the same damn song, you know, and that's, to me, that's what's, that speaks to a great song exactly. for one, but that speaks to also just the power of music in general. Yeah. I mean, I've talked about this before, but like the, the Grateful Dead catalog you know, every night that I play a gig with Phil, I'll hear either a bit of a tune or a lyric or something will hit me totally in a brand new way every night without fail, even if it's not a good show, you know, like there's, there's deep power in, in music in general, but in, in, in that songbook in particular, I think, you know? Oh yeah. It's really amazing. Yeah. Well, I'd, uh, I'd love to hear about one more from you. Yeah, um, this is another Meat Love song. No, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, so the the third song, uh, it's well, it's called "Riding Home." Now uh, it's a song that uh, I figured I'd pick a song that I could, could we could play a little bit of. Mm -hmm. um, it's a song that it's actually not never been released. Uh, it's a song that Scott Law and I wrote together, probably. I don't know, five or six years ago, five years ago. I've heard stories about this song. I've never gotten to hear it. So um, it's uh, and well, we the reason that I, the reason that I bring it up, and I think it's important to me. Um, um, the re the reason I bring it up and that's important to me is that uh, the writing process was so cool for for me and unique um we started with nothing and i was staying at scott's house for a couple of days around the northwest string summit festival and um we just wanted to write a little bit and so we woke up and literally had coffee and sat down and and said okay let's start and and with the idea of we both like to write instrumental music that's like you know cool and unique and multifaceted mm -hmm. um and so said, all right, how, you know, start with a part. And then it, it just kept expanding and, and expanding and expanding and we would add parts. And so, you know, by lunchtime we had, the song had like a couple sections that were melding into each other. And um, we had some lunch and <laughs> kept writing it and kept tweaking it and, and turning it into this kind of epic instrumental song with, uh, with more parts. Um, and then, but like, I mean, you've written with Scott before. It's mm -hmm. a, it's a very, it's not just like, Hey, let's tack a part on it. You know, it's like <laughs> very intentional. Yeah. Very, and very that's thoughtful. Yeah. In all of his playing mm -hmm. and also all of his writing. And, and so to get to, I mean, to get to sit down and do that for a couple of days, the idea was by the end. So from the beginning, the idea was by the end of that day, we record that song. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? Totally. So we, then we might, you know, we'd have cocktails or something or then go eat some tacos and come back and record the damn song. Right. Um, and it probably has five or six parts or, and it's really cool. And the, the, eventually we sat, we, we went down to the basement and sat down across from each other and record it live. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's the next, that's the next, next task. Um, <laughs> remembering everything <laughs> yeah and so remembering everything you wrote that day and each part happening goes into everything else and, mm -hmm. and then also having jams in it that are pretty cool um 
and so I think maybe we, maybe we got it on the seventh take. We were happy with the recording. You know, we get we get five minutes into the song, and one of us would play a wrong note, and be like, ah, <laughs> start over. Um, I think Daryl Anger was staying at the house maybe at the time, and he would come and check on us occasionally. Oh God, okay. talk about talk <laughs> like, about yeah, so what you uh, talked about earlier, getting getting nervous in front of somebody. My God, <laughs> yeah, right. He'd come down and be like, "You guys need any beers?" <laughs> you know, like whatever. <laughs> No, thank you, Daryl Anger. <laughs> um, we never asked him to play on it. That's how much we liked the song and how complicated <laughs> it was. <laughs> I was like, this is ours, damn it. Um, but so, so we recorded it and, and, you know, Scott did some mixing work on it. And, and the intention is still to, to, there's two songs that we made that, that weekend or week or whatever it was. And I, I love them both. It's some of the, some of the music that I'm most proud of. Wow. Um, maybe that's just because no no one has heard it. Um, but <laughs> uh, but the the intention with which we wrote music uh, was was something that's really been important to me when I try and sit down and like and create myself or with other people. It's mm-hmm. like the the lessons I learned from Scott and just from those couple days really stuck with me um in that like people you know two each person's opinion is very important you know every person's opinion is very important you have to listen to listen to what everyone's saying and not just be like my idea is better and you know like right when you write with people it seems like sometimes it's just like uh, what am i trying to say uh I mean, people get so attached to their ideas, like a child, you know, or something. Like, yeah, like your little yeah, that's baby. Exactly what I'm to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, have you done? Had you done a lot of either group or duo like writing kind of before that? No. Yeah. I mean, Green Sky stuff, just yeah. like, but that's a lot of that usually comes with someone's got the main idea. There's a song, and you guys build it together. Kind yeah, of. and then we, you know, we mess with parts and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and we're pretty good at that stuff. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, but still, you know, it's certainly, we certainly get backed up. I think everyone will always get backed up into that thing to like the, to say that this is this idea that I have, you know, you're attached to it because it mm-hmm. came from your brain, whether you're, whether you're trying to be or not. And I'm certainly guilty of that, you know? Right. And I think what it, it parallels, you know, just everything in life, like in a way where, there's something to be said for going with not shutting down these ideas, being open-minded because you never know where it's going to take you. Like you and Scott could both have an idea that you're both attached to and you know, you, you, you don't feel like budging and you both give a little and you give a little and then you end up in a completely different place because of it. You know, that's, that's what I think is really special about writing a song with another person. Yeah. And I mean, and, and, you know, with that last statement, we could turn this into Ross James's relationship podcast. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because that's life, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It really is. Like, yeah. I mean, it's it, it in so many ways. It it runs right along the way we should all be treating everyday life and our friends and everything. Yeah, man, I agree 100. percent It's yeah and there's there's so many (laughs) yeah that's some deep stuff and i i hear you and i agree um one quick story about that song um and and i hopefully we can play so i mean yeah i want to hear it maybe we can play the whole thing i don't know yeah Um, let's we'll play the whole thing i want to hear the story though let's hear it 
Um, so Scott would always play. He's played. He plays it sometimes, um, like solo. And um, last time we were in uh, when we were in uh, when we were in Lisbon, when you and I and a bunch of people were in Lisbon, and Scott mm -hmm. couldn't make it because uh, his mom was passing away, and you know, yeah. obviously sucks and um but but they were real close and she loved his music and would spend you know he would spend a, a bunch of time you know and i believe it was kind of like almost hospice level care mm -hmm. and um he would come he would go and play guitar for her every day and just hang out with her and she would always say the one song that would kind of always kind of perk her up or one of the songs that would always kind of get her perked up and excited and this is you know in her last couple of days was this song oh, wow and so he called me and, you know, he was calling me, he was like, I got something to tell you, man. Like I missed him for a couple of weeks and like we kept crossing paths and he was finally called again and he was like, left a message me like, Hey man, I got, really got to tell you something. And I called him back and he told me that, uh, that story about this song and how it was really like wow. important to her. And, and, uh, we had, we had, we had named it, uh, I had named it steel point, which is a place that my buddy owns in, uh, somewhere in the, some uh british virgin islands or something uh and i named it for that i named it that for some reason mm -hmm. but there was no big intention and so scott knew that and he, he said since his mom really liked the song he said mom what like if you had to name that song you know just a conversation piece with her to hang out so mom if you had to name that song what would you name it and she's like kind of without blinking she just said riding home wow <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh man! And it's like uh, hmm. Scott tells me that story. And he's like, "Do you mind if we call it that?" And I'm like, <laughs> huh. "I'd have to be dead to say no." Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you know, like that's heavy. Wow. You know, it's, yeah, and it's like to have her say that on her final days, and like, yeah. and the fact that she loved that tune. It's like, it's so cool. You know, that's, well, that's, the, that's, that's powerful music, and so that's the name of that song now. All right. Well, let's have a listen. Riding home.
man, that's a that's a beautiful song, and that that story behind it makes it even that much more powerful. So thanks for sharing all that, dude. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to you. Oh man, so much fun. The, again, this is a really tough idea for a podcast, but stick with it, buddy. <laughs> Hard to pick three songs. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. It's a good exercise, though. You it know? is. It is. Uh, all right. All right, man. Well, stay safe. And, you know, I, I hope uh, that we get back to some sort of reality, normal reality soon and get to see you and play some we music will, with we you. Will at some point, man. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's been a pleasure. Love you, buddy. Uh, Love you too, hang man. Hang in there. Yeah, you Stay too. I'll talk there, to you everybody. soon. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed my chat with uh, Anders Beck from the band Green Sky Bluegrass. And uh, I hope you enjoyed the story behind that tune he wrote with Scott Law and getting to hear that for the first time. It's the first time anybody's gotten to hear that one. I hope that's okay with you, Scott. I suppose I should have asked. Um, <laughs> well, if you're, if you're digging the podcast again, stay tuned for a lot more episodes coming up with Marcus King and Dave Schools, among many others. And to stay plugged in, give us a follow on Instagram at songs that save me. Don't forget to leave us a review right here in the Apple Podcast Store. Thanks again. We'll see you next time on Songs That Save Me.